Welcome. Good to see everybody. My name is Tim Harris. I am pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church, and this is a good day to be at Woodburn Baptist Church. I'm so glad you're here. Open your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. All of you in cafe, worship, we love you. God bless you. I know y'all have had a, a great morning. If you guys haven't heard, uh, Shelby and Justin, Shelby Newton, Justin Turner, uh, they're leading the praise band in cafe this morning. They got engaged last night, y'all. Got engaged, so... If you hadn't heard that and you're in the cafe, the giveaway was that Shelby's worshiping the Lord like this with her ring finger, you know, <laughs> shining. It's glistening, uh, glistening in the, in, in the lights. Yeah, so congratulations. Justin Turner, you can now call me Pastor Uncle Tim. Uh, Shelby's my niece. Uh, it's exciting. Really going to be a good day today. I'm glad that you're all here. Plan to stay. If, if you haven't heard by now, the, the climax of the day is the mud pit tug of war. And the staff has formed a four-man team. We're calling ourselves the Ministry of Destruction. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. I think it's going to be good. Uh, we're challenging any four people from the church. I'm particularly interested in, in ladies from the Golden Circle class. If you'd like to challenge us, uh, bring it on, ladies. Bring it. No, we'll take on anybody. Uh, I'm so confident I almost wore white pants, y'all. I am so <laughs> confident in our staff. So actually, y'all, I'm, I'm really scared about this thing. Um, at staff meeting, everybody was all in, like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. You know, we'll trash talk, and, and we'll get out there. And then, like, all through the week, you know, Rod's got artificial hips, so people start talking about Rod's artificial. Will they pop out of place or? Possibly. But, but they pop back in. Yeah, eventually. So we got we got that going on. Warren's trying to drop out on us. Warren's telling us he's got he's got a lot of cleaning to do after the meal, and he's gonna. I mean, Warren, y'all seriously. Cause if you see him, encourage him. Encourage Warren not to drop out. Because if it's if if Rod's out and, and Warren's out, at least me and Matt Betts and y'all, he ain't got nothing. It would be it would be all up to me. All, all up to me. If, if it's like that. So, no, seriously, y'all, meet us out there. We will take you on. We will crush you in the mud, and then we will visit you in the hospital because we are still, <laughs> still your pastors. Yeah, it's going to be good. Skeet shooting later, uh, badminton, which is a thing, uh, a cornhole, uh, kids pedal tractor pool, which is a, a long tradition for us. It's just going to be a great afternoon, a great day. If you're joining us by audio or video podcast, it's coming home Sunday at Woodburn Baptist Church. We're a church in Kentucky. We, we try most of the time on the video to not let our redneck selves come out, but today it's just all out. It's, it's all out. So um, let's go to God's Word. First Corinthians chapter 1 and then into chapter 3 a bit. Let's talk about what it means to be the church. What it means to be the church of Jesus. Remember that in 1 Corinthians, it's a letter that Paul is writing to a church at Corinth. He has a long history and, and quite a lot of correspondence with this church. There are multiple letters traded back and forth, and we only have two. And in Scripture, we call them 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But again, we know there were more letters and a, and, and a whole lot more of a relationship here. Uh, Paul is writing to this church because this church is messed up, so messed up. And Paul is trying to correct what is broken in this church by bringing them back to what really matters. And in doing that, we get to find out what really matters. So let's read together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. 
Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul, and others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, for now no one can say they were baptized in my name. Oh, yeah. I I also baptized a household of Stephanus, but I don't remember baptizing anyone else. I love that moment in Scripture. It's just a, a human moment. Paul is writing a letter, and the first thing he says is, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you turkeys. Oh, I did baptize some of you turkeys, but but other than that, you know, I I just, I like that. Verse 17, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. Chapter 3, verse 5, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now, others are building on it, but whoever's building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved but only like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Verse 16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. I've told you all, uh, I told y'all about my wife's family. I've been in that family 28 years. They're all still weird. Is that an in-law thing? You know, it's just kind of funny. I love them. I love them. Really different kind of family. Um, I, I think I told y'all several summers ago, uh, uh, one of Casey's uncles got married. And we were all there. All the family was together, which is rare. All the family was together at the reception. And uh, Beverly walks in, uh, one of the aunts. Beverly is, uh, gosh, probably pushed in 60 now, but she's kind of beautiful. I mean, she's just platinum hair and skin that's just, you know, like a baby skin. I mean, she's just really, really pretty. So when Beverly came in, Aunt Debbie just kind of leaned over and said, Beverly, you look fantastic. What's your secret? Okay, y'all, true story here. Y'all ready for this? What's your secret? Beverly said, well, Debbie, I'll just tell you the truth. 
It's preparation H. <laughs> Debbie said, preparation H? Yeah, Beverly said, yeah, Debbie, it's really not just a hemorrhoidal cream. It's also a nightly skin cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how many of y'all heard of that? Y'all heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, all the hands that go up have no puffy spots under their eyes. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does the tube say? It's preparation H costs about five bucks at the, at the pharmacy, but, but people say it's just a miracle thing. On the tube, it only promises to do one thing in one place, honestly. But it, 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 it promises to, to shrink tissue. And apparently, the ingredients in preparation H are very, very effective at shrinking certain tissues. But people have sort of taken that idea and found that there are other tissues on the body that benefit from a little bit of shrinkage. And so apparently Beverly, you know, slathers it on her face around her eyes. They say that preparation H will just shrink those puffy bags under your eyes. Yeah, who knew? They also say now that preparation H is very, very effective for cold sores and flea, fever blisters. Yeah, gross. <laughs> On your lips? Are you kidding me? Man, get some chapstick. I mean, why would you put that on, on your lips? People use it as fish bait, preparation H as fish bait, because I think in the old days it actually was made with shark liver oil. Yeah, it's, that's why it smells like it does. And you're putting it on your lips. Um, fish bait. Uh, actually, these days, now the, the new thing is that bodybuilders and frat brothers on the beach will take preparation H and put it on their abs. Yeah, because apparently it increases the, the appearance of muscles. Yeah, put it all over me, y'all. Just put it all. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the makers of Preparation H only recommend its use for one purpose. One purpose. I, I remind you of all that simply to remind you of the fact that the church has one purpose. Now, lots of people come to church for lots of reasons and sometimes get very, very disappointed in the church because honestly, people come to church sometimes expecting the church to do what the church is not supposed to do. People come to church expecting the church to be something that the church has never been intended to be. And yet people still continue to come back and get frustrated and aggravated and mad and they leave because the church is disappointing. But, but I would just argue that the disappointment typically has to do with the fact that people come to church expecting the church to do what the church is never designed to do, just honestly. Or people who come to church and they expect the church to be some sort of business network. You can network for business if you're in sales or if you're in the community and you just need to have a good reputation. You go to church and you can network and meet people and help yourself in business. I, I, I'm telling you, that's not what the church is designed to be. So if your business goes south, don't blame us. It's not a network for your business. Or some people want the church to be a singles network. And honestly, if I were single, I would want to meet a good Christian girl. But, but the purpose of the church is not, you know, just like, you know, to help you find a, a mate in the cafe. It's happening all the time, apparently. But, but, but I'm saying <laughs> most of us can't necessarily expect that the church is going to be the, a singles network where we can find a mate. I mean sometimes maybe it works that way, but that's not what we're intended to be. Years ago, a guy came into the old building across the street, and I was pastor. He came for a couple of weeks, and man, he loved it. He was shaking my hand, and he was just smacking me on the back, and he was loving our church. And then, and then one day, he came up and said, Pastor Tim, I wonder if at the end of the service today, I could say a few words. 
I said, what would you like to talk about? He said, I'd like to say a few words about the upcoming election for magistrate. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, uh, true story, y'all, this guy got so mad at me, and he stomped out the door and said, this church is not what I thought it was. Well, apparently not. You know? It's not a place where you expect to take the stage, and then, and then everybody's supposed to care about who you're supporting for a magistrate. It's not a political thing. This is not a meeting of the Republican National Convention. It's not a meeting of the Democratic National Convention. It's not that kind of meeting at all. But sometimes people just see an open microphone at church, and that open microphone is, is kind, of, kind of enticing for certain people. They want a chance to maybe to find an audience, to persuade people to somehow get up front. I mean, church becomes a really good place for people who like to feel like they're in charge of something. The church is a place where they can go and run things, and, and they really love that. It's why a lot of people go into ministry. I'm serious. That, that, that idea that they can be up front of people and, and, and talk, it's... it's, it's it's enticing. For people who really, really love the past, church becomes a place where nothing ever changes. Church becomes a place where maybe you can freeze your favorite decade in time and, and just sort of make sure that nothing ever moves. Everything stays put. But honestly, there's no place in all the world where nothing ever changes. For some parents, the church is like a drop-off babysitting service, but we're not actually very good at that either some days. I mean, do you understand? People have these expectations of what the church is supposed to be, and when the church doesn't match their expectations, they, they, they get upset, or, or they get frustrated, or they leave, and they say, the church was not what I expected. Well, well what do you expect? What are you supposed to expect? Well, Paul makes it actually very, very clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. What does he say? Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Don't you realize that all of you together, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? This is what Paul says. Now, now growing up in a Baptist church, my preacher used to use that, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, but he was always using another passage and speaking more specifically about me personally, my body. And he always used that passage when he was telling us that, that Baptists don't smoke. So he would say, don't you realize that your body is a temple and you don't want to do anything to harm that temple? And, and he was speaking correctly and, and biblically. You can say that your body is a temple. We can talk about how as individuals the Holy Spirit indwells us. That's biblical. But Paul is saying something different here and also biblical, but not not the kind of idea that I've heard expressed in, in, in a lot of sermons, but, but this is what Paul says. It's not just you. It's not just you personally. It's not just your physical body. All of us together, when you put us all together, we are together the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's not just you by yourself, and it's not me by, me by myself. It's all of us together. Don't you realize this, Paul says? All of you together are, are the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. We're the church. The, the people are the church. You've probably heard the people who say, I, I've got Jesus, I believe in Jesus, and I really don't feel like I need the church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need church. Some people like that. I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I don't need people. I don't. 
need the church. And so people assume that they can have this relationship with Jesus that gets them to heaven, but never takes them into any kind of relationship with the church. Now, if that's what you've always believed or that's what you're tempted to tell yourself sometimes, I just want to remind you that you're telling yourself something that the Bible never tells you. You're sort of trying to create this kind of Christianity, this Christian faith that the New Testament doesn't know anything about. Always, always in the New Testament, when a person comes into relationship with Jesus, that person automatically and immediately comes into fellowship, comes into relationship with everybody else who's in relationship with Jesus. There are no disconnected Christians. There are no freelance Christians. There are no solitary Christians. We're always brought in. We're baptized into Christ. And baptized into Christ, I'm joined with everyone else who's in Christ. There's no such thing as a Christian out there on her own. That's not how it's supposed to be. All of us together, and it takes all of us together, worldwide, universal, all of us together. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within all of us together. So understand, if, if we're God's temple, then, then God is always building his church. And it's his church. It's not our church. This church has been here for 150 years. Obviously, it was here before we all got here, and Lord willing, it'll be here when we're all gone. It's not about us. In this particular moment, God has used us in order to build this church, Woodburn Baptist Church, but, but it's not about us. I could drop dead today. The church will go on. Matt Betts will have his feet on my desk by Tuesday. I mean, I mean you know, it's just <laughs> church will go on. Y'all have somebody else preaching next Sunday. I mean, none of us is that important, but all of us together, we form something beautiful and, and important. It's the church. So God builds his church, and he builds it out of people. Remember the old children's hand game? Here's the church, and here's the steeple open the door and yeah yeah unless it's sunday night and it's like no nobody there. yeah hear all the people um that's how we that's how we do the story here's the church and the steeple but it's not technically correct because the people are the church you can't say here's the church and here are the people no no it's people are the church this building is where we meet, but honestly, if we fail and the church fails and goes under, I mean, this building could become a really fine barbecue restaurant or flea market. I mean, this building could be used for anything. We are the church. And God builds the church out of people. It's people, which means relationships matter. That's exactly why Paul lays into him. I mean, he starts this letter, and just about the time he says, you know, dear friends, all of a sudden he lays into him hard. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, verse 10, chapter 1, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other, let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. I'm already hearing something from others in Chloe's household. They're telling me about your quarrels. What? They're quarreling. Look at what they're fighting over, verse 12. Some of you are saying, well, I'm a follower of Paul. I'm kind of a Paul person. I like Paul. Someone else says, well, I prefer Apollos. I like Apollos. I like Apollos because Apollos is more of a teacher, and Paul's kind of, you know, Paul rambles. I don't even always know what Paul is saying. Paul writes good letters, but in person he can't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. I'm really more of an uh, Apollos person. And somebody else says, well, I'm with Peter. I follow Peter. 
You know, this church hasn't even been around that long, but already they can line up behind their favorite pastor. You know, I, I listen to Peter's podcast online. I, I, I like Peter. Yeah. Paul says, has Christ been divided into factions? It's, it's about Jesus, isn't it? And if it's about Jesus, how can you divide? I mean, you prefer Paul. You prefer Paul as somebody else likes Peter. Big deal. Aren't we all in this because of Jesus? I mean, can you divide Jesus? Think Jesus has a favorite preacher? Is Christ divided? What are you thinking? How can you divide yourselves? Do you understand what he's saying here? God's building his church. And, and honestly, the warnings are very, very serious. Chapter 3, verse 17. God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple. That's really harsh. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are his temple. God's going to destroy anybody who destroys this temple and you are the temple. Going up in the Baptist church band, did you ever run down the hall? And the senior don't go, hey, hey, you don't run in the Lord's house. You respect this temple. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, people have an incredible respect for the building. Paul never mentions a building. I don't even think Corinth had a building, but they had a church. And people were tearing it down. How were they tearing it down? Division. Just failing to love each other. Failure to care for each other. Failure to see one another. Failure to make sure that Jesus remains the most important thing. God's always building the church. It's people who like to separate. But the word's pretty strong. If you begin to make divisions, you begin to turn away from a brother or sister, you're, you're destroying this temple that God is building, and God will destroy you. That's harsh. But it is harsh because we have everything at stake. I mean, notice what Paul says. Again, back chapter 1, verse 17. Christ didn't send me to baptize. He didn't send me to do anything but to preach the good news. He said, only one thing that matters, and that is that the gospel gets preached. That's it. Now, only one person that really is most important, and that person is Jesus. The rest of us don't matter as much. Jesus is what matters. Jesus needs to get what he wants out of this church. If I never get what I want, it's a success. If Jesus is pleased, it's a success if Jesus' name is lifted up, if nobody ever knows our name or the name of Woodburn Baptist Church. It's about Jesus. He's the foundation under our feet. Jesus is everything. There, there's only one way for a church to start dividing. There's only one way that we start splitting off from each other. And that is when we just simply forget Jesus. I mean, in every single instance where you have a church quarrel or a church argument, there's only one reason for that. And the reason is these people are not loving like Jesus loves. These people are not thinking like Jesus thinks. And we're believers. We're supposed to be becoming more and more like Jesus. That should mean day by day we should fall more head over heels in love with each other because Jesus loves us all. Understand? Jesus is all that matters. He's all that matters. And preaching the gospel is all that matters. That's why here at Woodburn we put so much into church planting. It's why we put so much into evangelism and, and sharing the gospel. It's why we send out church planters. It's why a few months ago we sent Sam Malanga to Seattle, Washington to plant a church there. Sam's from Zimbabwe. 
I, I grew up in church, and I remember they used to say, you know, it's getting so bad in the United States that one of these days, they're going to start sending missionaries to us. Well, meet Sam Malanga, you guys. Meet Sam Malanga from Zimbabwe that God has sent to be a missionary in the United States. He sent them to us, and we sent him on to Seattle. Beautiful. Well, y'all, guess what? Sam is just getting started. He, he went to the bank in one of the banks there outside of Seattle to open up his bank account for the church. Church is called Bread of Life Fellowship. So Sam goes in to open the church's bank account. Sam, being Sam, shares the gospel with the banker. All right? Turns out the banker is, uh, the word's like a nominal Christian. The, the banker knows Jesus. He just hasn't really been walking with Jesus. So, so Sam connects with the banker at, at that level. The banker turns out to be a man who has a Christian background, but, but not a Christian, you know, life in the present. And so Sam shares with him. And long story short, the bank account is opened with the banker's money. <laughs> the banker asked to make the first donation. So Bread of Life Fellowship Church opens its bank account with the banker's money. That's awesome. Yeah. And now Sam is meeting with the banker every week to be discipled. Yeah. You see, it's just more of us could be like Sam. You know? There are lots and lots of ways we can talk about being different from each other, but if every one of us is only focused on the gospel, only focused on sharing Christ, if we're just all trying to see people like Jesus sees people and love people like Jesus loves people, we won't have time to fuss with each other. Uh, this is a brick. It's an old brick. Uh, this is a brick from the old church building, Woodburn Baptist Church. First building was built in 1896, I believe, 1896, the first sanctuary. Uh, we, we took it down a number of years ago. So the church stood for about 100 years. It was an awesome church, awesome church building. When the building was demolished and taken apart, at the end of that day, one of the guys came over, Quentin Hughes. Quentin came over and said, Pastor Tim, I just, I thought you might like to have this brick. I said, what is that brick? And he said, this brick is from the old church. And I thought, and I looked, and I thought, well, Quentin, that old church was wood. Because it was wood. Where'd the brick come from? I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm not making a joke. It was wood. I, I never saw I never saw a brick, ever. But it turns out, you know, in the, in the original building where there was no, you know, heat, no air conditioning, um, in the original building there was a chimney, old chimney. And as the building developed through the years and as the building was added onto, the, that chimney got sort of absorbed into the building. And so eventually the chimney kind of disappeared into one of the closets. And, and when it was all over, there was a rubble of brick in a, so Quentin brought me the brick, and he put it on the wood base so, so it would look important. So I, I keep it. I, I, I love it. Uh, it's a good reminder of the old days and the old church and all of that. I, I, I keep it for that. It's also a, a pretty good bookend. I can stack books, and, you know, they don't, they don't slide against this brick. It's a pretty good paperweight. The wind's blowing in the bluegrass, you know, service. I had to, you know, keep the Bible pages down. Um, is that what bricks are for? 
You know, it's, it's a good paperweight. It's a pretty good bookend. It, it looks good on the shelf, collects dust on the shelf. But let me tell you, according to its purpose, th- this brick was placed uh, with other bricks. And it was joined with mortar, and it, and it was something very, very strong. And, and it's something that lasted for over 100 years until finally strong men with strong equipment had to tear it down. But my point is, one brick by itself isn't worth much. It doesn't do much. This isn't what bricks are for. They're not paperweights. They're not bookends. This brick is meant to be taken up into something larger. Take a look at the brick walls outside this building. I mean, look at these bricks, stacked brick upon brick upon brick. I mean, one brick by itself, one solitary single brick is, is nearly worthless. You could throw it out, but, but brick upon brick upon brick, you make something. And what I'm trying to say is this is how God builds our lives. I, I'm one single brick. You are as well. But God puts me beside you, and he joins us together with the strongest force possible. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the blood of Jesus. And if the blood of Jesus makes us brothers and sisters, then what could we possibly say or name that could make us separate from one another? I mean, we're joined together like bricks. And, and all together, he, he builds us into his temple, a, a dwelling place for his Holy Spirit. My point is to remind you that you just can't be like, like one piece of this by yourself. You, you can't just, you know, float in and out of church as if the relationships don't matter. It's not a single place in the New Testament, as a matter of fact, that talks about a church as a place where people don't know and love each other. We've got to know and love each other. Well, good night, Pastor Tim. We've got 100-something people in the cafe right now. I don't ever see those people. I don't even know who Shelby Newton, Justin Turner are. I mean, congratulations, whoever you are. I mean, I understand that. Our, our paths don't always cross. It's, it's, our church isn't that big, but it's big enough where you can go to church and, and, and literally not see people that you do know and sometimes not really know the people that you see. I mean, what do we do about that? Well, we continue to get to know each other and love each other. I mean, if you don't see people... You're excused, okay? You never see them. It's okay not to know them, but, but good night. Some of you sit by the same person. Like, you've been sitting by the same person for four years, and you've never leaned across and said your name. They probably think you're mute. <laughs> they could probably be related to you. Uh, I mean, you know, th- th- there's no, no conception of the church where people would walk past each other in the hall like strangers. There's, there's nothing like that. It's always about people who recognize in the faces of strangers still the face of brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't know all about you, but I know enough about you to know that, that we're one. We're the same. We have the same mind, the same heart, the same purpose. I mean, this is the church. All of us together. And you really can't do it by yourself. You can't go off by yourself and do what you're intended to do. We need one another. I need you. You need me. And all together, God builds us into something that is beautiful, lasting, and has a purpose. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I know you know Jesus. I assume you do. You say Jesus is enough, and he is enough. It is Jesus who is the Savior of our souls. But, but, but if you know Jesus and love Jesus, you can't get very far in this life if you think you're not going to somehow become connected to all the other people who know and love Jesus. That's what the church is for. You need the church. 
and honestly. The church needs you. All together, we do what none of us could do on our own. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Woodburn Baptist Church, 150 years. It's, it's, it's more than we can comprehend. It's amazing to think of a church that, that for this long has, has provided a spiritual family for, for people. It's hard to imagine, Lord, 150 years with a church that really has never blown up or fought or argued or tried to split, Lord. It's amazing to think of people who for all of this time have just continued to come in and, 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 and share the gospel and put you first, Lord. We're not a perfect church. We're not a perfect people, but we serve a perfect Savior who day by day continues to transform us and make us better today than we were yesterday. And Lord, that's just all we ever want to do, follow you, become more like you. So God, help us. Help us when we find ourselves getting angry and, and, and we find ourselves unwilling to forgive. Help us, Lord, when we begin to, to, to feel our, our hearts broken or hurt because of the way others have treated us, Lord. Help us when we hesitate to love or forgive or, or reach out in, in, in faith and hope and love. Jesus, we thank you for what you're continuing to build here. And I pray that you'll continue to bring new people in and continue to strengthen, Lord, those of us who've been around for a while. And help us always to remember that you are the ground beneath our feet, Jesus, you and your good news. You are the foundation upon which this church is built. Lord, now in this time of our lives, we're all contributing to that. We're, we're sort of builders as well. We're we're building, we're making a contribution, some of us with, with precious and valuable things, what others of us are hardly doing our part. Help us to remember that this is your church. You're using us to build it. We are ourselves that building. Help us, Lord, to do everything we can to build up the body of Christ. Help us to do all we can to recognize and to reflect the Spirit of God who dwells within us. Help us, Lord to make nothing more important, nothing more important in our lives or in this church than the good news of Jesus Christ in whose name we pray.